I was looking at the FMA wiki page for the second opening. It has a list of characters who appear in it. And there's just a greed and in parenthesis as a liquefied stone. <laughs> He's gonna get those residuals. He's that is ridiculous. <laughs> That's really funny. Me oh my, I like pie. It's another episode of Full Metal Analysts. Welcome to our show where three writers analyze each and every episode of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I'm Michelle. Me oh my, I like pie. Yeah, me oh my, I like pie. <laughs> It's a reference to a Nora Ephron movie. Uh, I'm Arthur. Oh, and I'm Mike, and I also, you know, like pie. Never said no to anything, really, you know? Like, there's never been like, oh, hey, I brought pie, but it's X pie. And I'm like, I've never been like, oh, no. What if I got you literally uh, a cement pie? pie. <laughs> I was going to say cement. <laughs> Because I'm at least not going straight for the lowest common denominator. Well, that's obviously, like, if you want to like be like a, oh, what about mayonnaise? Then yes, you have a point. Yes, I would not eat a cement pie. But, you know, like, I would eat, like, a pecan pie if I was expecting an apple pie. <laughs> that's not different. You know? Okay. Today, we're talking about the episode, The Fuhrer's Son. Let's take a moment to focus on this episode's director and writer. It was directed by Tutsumu Yabuki. They directed a few episodes, including Backs in a Distance, Footsteps of a Comrade in Arms, and Interlude Party. They were a key animator on the original Devilman series, A Loop in the Third Movie, and funny enough, they recently worked as a storyboard artist on a show called Gamers. It's <laughs> with my life for a show, let me tell you. It was written by Hiroshi Onogi. We already talked about them. They wrote Ishvalan War of Extermination and 22 other episodes. 24 episodes total, they wrote. 24 episodes of this show. Yeah. Take that, Aaron Sorkin. What would it be like if Aaron Sorkin wrote an episode of uh, FMA? It'd be like a one-shot. The whole episode is a one-shot following Roy. <laughs> yeah, I would watch that. That sounds pretty good, actually. By the way, if you want to see some primo Aaron Sorkin stuff, our friends over at the Shats podcast, they're in the middle of their season looking at Studio 60 on a Sunset Strip, which was oh, Aaron yeah. Sorkin's uh, competitor to 30 Rock that was on the air at the same time as 30 Rock, and it is... Hilarious. Yeah. So, uh, so guys, no guest today. No guest today. Right. That's right. It's just, it's it's pretty, just uh, us. Uh, it's pretty roomy in here, you know. Yes. You can just kind of, can just sort of stretch out. Lots of room to goof around, sip a lemonade. Before we get things started, there is one thing we have to do, and that is our twenty-one second recap. This is the moment in the podcast where one of us will do an improvised twenty-one second recap of what happened in the episode we just watched, and that person will be decided by the roll of a dice. So if he lands on one, it's me. If he lands on two, it's Arthur. If he lands on three, it's Mike. If he lands on four, we'll roll again, which is something we haven't had to do in a long time. Let's roll the dice. Three. Who's that? That's you. Oh, great. <laughs> All right. All right, I can do this one. This is a good one to do. Three, two, one, go. Okay, we open on weird <laughs> false alarm cat panda, <laughs> and then find out that actually Panda is going north with little girl and uh, little old lady turns out to be military guy talks to Roy got a letter in a chess piece to meet him at this grave they talk and they're like yeah let's figure something out with the north uh, and, and that's it <laughs> and that's well, all that happened <laughs> and then the episode ended and then Ed and Al follow and there's like a weird scene with the Fuhrer and there's like the little boy in there and He's a sweet potato pie. We open on a decoy panda. Do not be fooled, listeners. We will not be having a panda talk this episode because the real panda is in it for but a wee shot. Far more is this decoy panda. Beware the perils of the decoy panda, my children. 
Do not be fooled by the false panda. He's here to lead you astray from the true panda. He speaks only falsehoods and says false sooths. Do not believe him, as he will only bring about misery and doom. Follow the way of the true panda and free your souls from the suffering that weigh upon them. And that is all I have to say. This is the kind of stuff you can expect from us in a, in a guestless episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because this episode is literally the middle of the show. There's only 32 episodes left in the show. And it's very like, and then the next scene happens, and then the next scene we're, happens. We're setting the stage, I guess. But yeah, it, it was pretty uneventful. We're setting up some good stuff, but it was, boy, it was a little slow. To use one of Mike's great uh, D&D metaphors, it's like the DM really wants us to make sure that everyone has gotten their shit together before they go off to the new map. Where they're only going to be able to come back like in, in fifteen <laughs> right. sessions. Make sure you, you find buy your like potions, a, you find a town you know? where you can buy potions and stuff. Except it, it's you meeting up with like an NPC you haven't really thought about. In this case, is the Fear of Sun, the the namesake for this episode. Uh, in right. my, he's, <laughs> he's in it for like a, some of it. I'm just so. It just shows sweet. just how uneventful this episode was. That them like having tea was worthy of titling the episode it's honestly the most tension-filled and interesting scene in the entire episode it is you see the wrath coming through because you know so even though he's like friendly and hugging and you know he's got his hand on the little kid's head the whole time and this little kid is so stupid and and sweet (laughs) it's absolutely ridiculous like he just says the most insane things like he's just like my daddy loves democracy he's thinking about the people all time and it's like little, okay. little baron i'm in danger <laughs> <laughs> i'm in very grave danger i <laughs> <laughs> sure hope my daddy doesn't use me for some nefarious experiment my daddy would never use me for some nefarious experiment he's cool and brave and strong <laughs> I, I love my daddy all up. <laughs> and he would and he would never sacrifice me for any reason whatsoever even if it were to destroy a whole city to create some sort of magical device that would then be used to destroy more cities and more cities. Anyway, my dad's not (laughs) like that at all. (laughs) Sometimes I look at my dad and all I see is the emptiness and the void of a person who's lost their soul so very long ago and who is now confronted with a choice that will for certain doom his eternal being to eternal torture in whatever sort of hellhole we consider to be an afterlife. And then he looks at me and says, psych, I'm not like that. I'm your fun dad. Wee. That was an awkward lunch that they had with him. Yeah, no, poor Salim. He never had a chance. <laughs> oh, and then him stroking Salim like Dr. Like Evil a strokes a cat. Right, I thought <laughs> yeah. that too. I was like, it's he's kind of like stroking him like yeah, a cat, it's right? Good. Stop, dad. No, it's true, son. I'm so proud of you. It's true, son. You are my possession. Legally, I have your deed. Okay, wait. Remind me who the old man, the cross-dressing old man is. Who is this old man again? Right. That's General Grumman. So I was going to talk about how Mike said that this was the scene that had the most tension. And I think the problem was that we're going to get to this car scene later because that was just dumb. But <laughs> the, Right, yeah. The scene with uh, General Grumman is like, sure, he appeared last episode, but I think Mike had a moment where he was like, who is this guy? He was Roy's former boss. Like, at the beginning of the show, Roy is in another city, and that is his boss. And so when he gets transferred to Central, there's, like, one last scene where he plays chess with Grunman, who is the guy who comes dressed as a woman. So I just forgot the plant. Yeah, he's the general, and he plays chess with him, and he's the one who said, uh, you can trust Raven, even though it turned out 
he's wrong because Raven is in on the plot. Right, he's mm-hmm. the one who suggested. He's like, wait a, yeah, he, wait General Crumman said that if that question made you angry, then you were still a trustworthy guy. That makes no sense because in this episode, Grumman says that Raven asked him if you wanted an immortal army, and then he got sent to East City. Or was I that know. after? Must have been after. Guess it's weird. Must've Let me find after. out. Or it's a, or it's a mistake. So Grumman is now a player in this game of Führers that we have going it's gonna take a while for him to grow back his mustache because he shaved it off i was wondering when he arrived do you think that he dressed up as a woman in the north and then got on a train and then traveled south or he dressed up he as a woman here? in the east and then traveled got on yeah. the train. That's what, I mean. that's what i meant the east so i guess he's got to have multiple outfits and stuff i mean look i'm not gonna pry into his personal life it's also really shitty disguise <laughs> i like yeah it seems like it's disguise that literally everyone can see through which is pretty like, funny. Yeah, like, saw through. <laughs> yeah, that was very funny when he passed Kimberly on the stairs and Kimberly's like, hmm, it looks like the C plot. I better not get involved in that. <laughs> <laughs> he literally says, that's not none of my business. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that scene was mostly so they could kind of piece the things together. They're like, oh, in Lior, after Cornello disappeared, there was some peace for a while, but then Central came in, and then it became a riot, which is the riot that uh, he used to finding out about the truth and then getting shot. I guess that's kind of like, that, uh, uh, hey, congratulations, Roy. You figured out what your friend figured out 22 episodes ago. Before we move on, like I said, this is the middle of the show. We have literally reached the middle of the show, and I have prepared a little present for you two and for the audience as a whole to symbolize this moment. Inspired by uh, Arthur's song a couple episodes ago, I have gone ahead and made my own song. Oh, wow. Ooh. Is it about how Mike's wrong? Because I feel like no, we have that pretty covered. This is a I recap like song, which you'll see. Here we go. This plot is kind of long, so why not sing a song <laughs> about the first half of FMA? Well, and now our bros who feel very <laughs> alone and they decide to bring back their mother. But alchemy goes wrong and Zarm and Leg are gone and now ours is just a suit of armor. How will they get them back for alchemy? They now have a knack and so the two of them move on. Their hopes are not quite gone and that's the plot of FMA. Hey, our heroes first to lie. <laughs> A military guy <laughs> whose past is so very genocidal. Roy Mustang is his name, Kudeta is his game, until a mistress is once more idle. But Ooh. someone else pulls the strings, us humans are just his mere playthings. And so, Hughes gets shot for his own evil plot, which is the core of FMA. The villains of this tale soon make their play. Artificial humans who have complete immortality. Beings of sin who will always have their way. Well, not really always. Turns out that you can blaze them into total fatality. Oh, there's the guys from Shang that just doing the thing. Honestly, they're not that important. And there's this guy <laughs> called Scar who watches whole race die. And now Alchemist, he likes to hunt. And so that's the whole situation for this anime adaptation. Well, that's not the whole <laughs> plot. I guess I missed a lot. So why not watch it? 
was a long note. That was the longest note I've ever held. <laughs> that was really good. I can't believe you recorded that whole thing without me knowing. That was excellent. The secret, Mike, is to really hold your voice back, which you can tell. <laughs> you can hear me struggling. <laughs> yeah, you must. I must have been home. <laughs> I kind of wish that I had had the opportunity to sing, pre-record my song. <laughs> what are you talking about? Clearly, that was live. I was doing that live right in front of you. That's really funny. I think it's really great that you got the chance to fully produce yourself there. <laughs> yeah, sort of uh, editor's privilege there. <laughs> got to really reach this episode to find something that's to say. Like, what can we say? Yeah. Like, if I were watching this show, like binging the whole thing from this point to the finale mm-hmm. i would not care right all i want to do is go on to the next episode i don't really care if they're setting the table because it's it's like a movie it's like okay you can have 20 minutes where you're just kind of setting things up but as an episode that you're watching week to week and the show is supposed to be watched week to week it came out week after week yeah by the time they were making this show netflix hadn't even made its first originals so there's really True. no excuse but, you know, I do think everyone was saying the last episode was a placeholder episode, right? Like a sort of like a breath of air episode, sort of. I don't, I really do think that last week's episode still, I really do feel like it just didn't really give us a lot of new information. Whereas this episode, even though it was kind of slow and it was like not super plot driven, there wasn't a lot happening it did point us in a new direction it pointed all the plots to the north and it sort of let us know like we're going into a new area we're going to meet new people we're going to deal with new conflicts like i feel like it introduced new ideas in a way that the last week's episode did not do so i did think it was kind of like a good episode like it it did what it wanted to do you know it it redirected our attention yeah it did It, it pointed the direction of of the action north i think the thing about this episode that really gets me is that you know a couple episodes back we found out that like there was a lot of stuff cut from the episode that was a flashback with the war with ishval and apparently the entire latter half of this episode that scene is not in the manga in the manga they just stay in the library and they talk in the library and bradley never appears so they expanded basically like for what i've been able to gather from research they expanded two pages into about 10 minutes. We have the the pleasure of hindsight, you know? We can be like, that wasn't the, exactly the best choice ever. Right, but no, I agree with you. Why why not make the Ishval War a two-parter? You know, combine the last two episodes into something a little denser. But then, right. but then they could run the problem of like, if they did do a two-parter and it got boring, everything else, like... No, I, I think that was a good idea. 10 minutes of just the, the brothers talk to Bradley and they talk to... His son, Salim, and his wife, yeah. If it wasn't in the manga, I think it was a good addition. That's doing really good work. The reason why I think they had this scene is because now they're finally going to go to the north. They're going to go to another scenery, and it's kind of important to remind them that, like, this is Bradley, and this is what he can do as Wrath, and this is the danger he poses, and this is the kind of person he actually is. Okay, you remember that. All right, have fun going up north. Yeah, plus we get to see Ed's little Santa outfit. At the end of the episode. Yay, new outfit. Well, as shocking as it may sound, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood isn't the only anime in the world, which is why we're going to throw it out now to our other anime correspondent, Mintuzi Rapelli. Mintuzi, how are things out there? Thank you so much for the introduction to the show. Um, I'm here standing outside of UA, which of course is the premier hearing high school of the hit series My Hero Academia. And mm-hmm. you know what? It's, uh, it's good. It's fine. It's good. 
you know, Naruto Jr. <laughs> but a lot of these folks are just kind of carbon copies of other things I've seen before. Also, a lot of angry boys. A lot of angry, very serious boys that want to fight <laughs> each other so bad. But honestly, I think it's just because they're afraid of their feelings, maybe. And I, I think that maybe they should look into that. Uh, also, a little too horny for my liking. 15-year-old uh, mm. kids here. We don't need to see a bunch of 15-year-old little girl boobies, I don't think. But anyway, it's fine. It's good. Watch it. Uh, I hope you guys are having a good time over there over at uh, uh, Full Metal Alchemist. All right. Thanks, champ. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for Tuesday. That was our other anime correspondent checking in from other animes. Uh, I think I would like to share why this segment happened because I do find it very yes. funny. And that is that the reason we don't have a guest this episode is because Bethunzi was supposed to be our guest and watched the wrong anime. We often worry if our guests are going to watch Full Metal Alchemist instead of Brotherhood, but he just watched a whole different anime entirely. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to having you on, Bethunzi. And if you feel like watching any different anime in the meantime, well, we'd love to hear from you. We'll be checking in with Tuzi in other episodes to see how other anime are doing, but uh, we may also see him in a future episode of the show. Yeah, he was out there in the field getting us some real... Real intel. Yeah. Arthur, you want to launch your segment? All right, welcome to a new segment. The Haiku Corner. So everyone, get out your fancy pens okay and your papyrus yeah arthur how does it work here's what i'm thinking the three of us break and we have 120 seconds to write a haiku about this episode and then we come back and we share them more time than we need we'll be fine let's just do it let's break fun fact haikus are very popular Quick refresher course on haikus, a short form of poetry, three lines, first line is five syllables, second line is seven syllables, and the third line, five syllables again. And at the end, there's supposed to be some sort of little twist uh, of meaning or, or something. So here we go. Um, mine is, doesn't have a twist, and the first phrase has six syllables. But All it right. counts. Nothing kinda happens. Scar just sorta runs away. Salim's gonna die. Do not be a fool. Black and white lies, lumpiness, it's not a panda. Gee, that was slow, but now it's time to meet the great Northern Wall of Briggs. I think we could be honest that Mike's is the best one. Yeah, I think oh, we can man. all agree. Yeah, Mike's is the best. So Mike Mike's wins the, the first ever Haiku Corner. If it wasn't a competition. Do, 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 do. That's great. That's so great. I'm just so elated. You know, having won something, you know, it's been a rough. <laughs> <laughs> Mike it's really needed to win. Well, Mike. Yes. You have won the haiku. But now it's time for you to do do the Mikey at the bat. Yay! 
This is the moment in the podcast where Mike has to predict what happens in the next episode based solely on the title and the thumbnail. Mike, please describe to us what happens in this thumbnail we're about to send you for next week's episode in the Northern Wall of Briggs. Okay. So we got... Uh, <laughs> it really tells you very little. Well, hold on. So, you know, there it's Ed and Al who's looking confidently up at his brother. Ed looks a little unsure. It's hard to tell because he's made it metal. I'm sorry, Al looks a little unsure because it's hard to tell because he's made of metal, but he's, he looks a little like, I don't know. And Ed looks very confident and he's got a little Santa outfit on. What, what I would like to happen, because I feel like we're just like, we've been chewing on this for a couple episodes now, is I would like them to catch up with Alka History Girl to learn about this Alka History stuff a little bit. You know what I mean? I would, I would like to know more about Shang and get into that a little bit. What I wonder if it's more likely that they just run into her and then there's some kind of fight at the Northern Wall we set up how badass some of these Northern army characters are or the differences between them and the central state forces and, and maybe some of that might, may, I don't know, maybe it'll be something like that, you know? To be honest, I wouldn't be opposed if uh, May just fell in the hole and never came back, so... You're not a fan. That's a very You're strong statement. Now that Mike has given his prediction, it's time for us to grade the episode on a scale from one to five stars. I'm going to get started by giving it a... I think this is the lowest grade I've ever given an episode. 1.5. It was just boring. <laughs> it just kind of like nothing happened. There were some, there were like three great moments, maybe. But I can't, in my good conscience, like give this episode more than two stars. So I'm just going to get it at 1.5. Maybe it's because the last episode was also kind of inconsequential. And I have that fatigue carrying over into this one. So although this episode had some moments that were definitely better than the moments in the previous episode, I'm still going to give it a two, probably. And that's on the scale of FMA. It's not like I didn't enjoy watching it. Just didn't do much for me. I'm going to give it a three. I think that the reason that we're that you guys are grading it low is because last episode really dragged. And now this episode is dragging too. And you're like, what's going on? But yeah, I if I could go back and believe... reverse it, I think I probably would. If I, if I could reverse my ratings of this week's episode and last week's, I think that would be more accurate. I think this episode actually wasn't that bad. It really does sort of like readjust our frame of reference for where we're going with the story and what's going on with the characters. And I think it does it pretty authentically and it makes it feel like there's important things going on in all of these places that they're introducing it, re or reintroducing us to like Leor. It's a little dull, but it had some interesting character stuff. I don't know. I, I give it an unenthusiastic three. And if you don't want to be a cutie pie who gets sacrificed by his dad, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FM Analysts. That's twitter.com slash FM, the word analysts. Subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave us a review. We'd love to see those. We'd like to thank Sarah Lerner for managing our Tumblr. You can check that out at fullmetal-analyst.tumblr.com. But watch out, there are spoilers there. If you like this episode and would like to hear more, why not subscribe to our Patreon? For just $2, you'll receive extended versions of each episode a week early. That's right, you can listen to next week's episode right now by going to patreon.com slash fmanalysts. That'll be all for now. We'll see you all next time on Full Metal Analysts. Until then, stay frosty, everyone. <laughs>